Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Good evening and welcome to an extra spooky... Oh wait, sorry, I should say good evening, guys and ghouls. Welcome to an extra spooky edition, just for Halloween, of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast. Um, I was hoping like podcast rhymed with something spooky, but I can't like, maybe... What's spooky? Zodcast. Zodcast. Oh, Zodcast. Zodcast. I don't think Zod's spooky. spooky. I think he's like a a fascist. Fascisty. Fascism's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it's not spooky. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about real Halloween issues this year. Right. <laughs> um, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Serious Issues. My name is Levins. My name is Siobhan. And uh, today we are recording uh, from the scariest situation of all, and that is parenting. <laughs> Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine. Uh, one of our children, also half of my children, nice. have something called hand, foot, and mouth disease. It sounds With, it sounds horrible. Yeah, and uh, they're just covered in little little blisters, and they're very itchy, and also one years old, so it, nothing makes sense anyway. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I'm uh, I'm I'm in I'm in quarantine. It's like that scene of ET. I'm I'm recording from a big enormous bubble with a tube <laughs> leading to my apartment. <laughs> um, Have you ever how, been how's to the your... quarantine center in Sydney? No. Should no. I go there? It's really spooky. Okay. It's what, heaps well, haunted, that's, guys. that's good. That's way more spooky than, than Zod and fascism. <laughs> like ghosts with diseases from olden times. Oh, right. Do, wait, is, is it still in use or you went there like a museum? No, no, it's like a museum and you do ghost tours. Oh, right, cool. I wasn't cool. quarantined. Right. <laughs> Were you... Um, I, I know you have like lots of bizarre remnants from your past that get revealed every few episodes. <laughs> Were you an, an attendee, or I, I wouldn't surprise me if you were like you, you were a ghost tours, for a I while? Did ghost tours. <laughs> oh wait, so it's not someone like hiding in a sheet, going like, "Boo!" Like, no, no, it's like I believe in ghosts, guys. It's very haunted. Oh, there um, you go. There's the t- there's your tidbit, everyone. Siobhan <laughs> believes in ghosts, but not fascism. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a uh, Halloween episode because we are reviewing a bunch of new comics. That's what we do every single week on Serious Issues. We review all the brand new comics that came out in the week before recording. And uh, this week we have a ton of Halloween, of mediocre Halloween comics to get through. 
<laughs> mostly mediocre. There was a few good ones. Um, and uh, before we get into our reviews of the episode, um, this episode, I want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by two things. One of them is King's Comics, the great comic book shop in King in uh, Sydney, uh, three hundred and ten Pitt Street. If you are ever in Sydney, come visit, and you can find all the books that we talk about there. Uh, if you can't find them at your local shop, no matter where you are in the world, definitely check out kingscomics.com because they order more comics than most comic book stores. We sure uh, do. And especially like some, you know, some of the more obscure things too. Absolutely. Um, so uh, the other thing that this, is brought, that, that this episode is brought to you by is a person, and his name is Joseph Glowacki. That's a good is, name. That's a great name. Um, like, do you want to give him a, like a, a scary version of Joseph Glowacki? You think on that one I, while I let, let everyone know about Joseph. He's, uh, one of, he's one of our patrons. He signed up to uh, patreon.com slash serious issues podcast and pledged a small amount of money each month, uh, which gets him access to a bunch of bonus episodes that we were recording. Um, we've got about five up there now, and uh, we're going to be recording another one in the next week or so, um, all about graphic novels and Q&A and other comics that we don't get around to reading uh, for the regular show. So if you would like access to that, head to patreon.com slash serious issues podcast, like our good friend Joseph Glowacki did. Um, AKA Siobhan, what have you got for us? Okay, either Joseph Cloaca, oh, like the part yep. of the digestive system. Is that, Terrifying. Is that what it is? <laughs> or, or Joseph Glowin the Dacky. Like I like the that a lot. It's That's good. great. Thank you. Well done. I'm glad. I, I was like, I was a bit worried that I was going to come back and it's you were going to have nothing. My, it's not always my skill. Um, So let's get into the reviews of uh, the comics that came out last week We start off every episode by reviewing all the number ones In a little segment that we like to call First Things First Um, And uh, I want to kick off with a comic that I really enjoyed And -hmm. I hope you did too It was the continuation of a one-shot that came out earlier in the year Called Jughead The Hunger Came out through Archie Comics, uh, through their horror Oh, actually, it's called Archie's Madhouse is the, is the imprint that they're going with for this one. But we've loved cool. Afterlife with Archie and the, and the Sabrina the Teenage Witch um, horror series so far. And this book um, follows in, the, in great footsteps uh, with a story by Frank Thierry and um, art by Pat and Tim Kennedy with colours by Matt Herms and inks by Bob Smith and Jim Amash. Um, this book is all about what if Jughead was a werewolf and what if... <laughs> Betty was a werewolf hunter and came from a family of werewolf hunters. It's good. It's, it's really, good, really it's good. It's a solid concept. It's really, really fun. Um, but also, like, it's the most gory of all of the Archie hor- horror books as well. Mm. It definitely is. Uh, but I sort of wish we- that the art was, like, spookier. Like, I think that the thing that makes Chilling Adventures of Sabrina so great is Robert Hack, who has, like, such a weird, eerie style. Definitely. And like I still really enjoyed this, but um, I could have done with like more Francovia vibes. Yeah, yeah Fran- Francesca Francovia, who does the um, Afterlife with Archie, definitely channels like a kind of like Italian horror, mm. like seventies kind of grindhouse with, with with his artwork too. Yeah, you're right. If, if I was to give any, um, oh my god, my wife Bianca just texted me and mm-hmm. <laughs> with a message, podcast, lol. <laughs> That's an amazing suggestion. Shouts that's way to better. That's, that's really good. Thanks, B. Um, yeah, if I have one complaint for uh, Jughead the Hunger, mm. um, yeah, I guess the, you're right. The artwork could be—it's it, very, you know, it's very—it's capable cartooning, but maybe it feels more like a romp 
kind of adventure comic. But then suddenly, like, you know, at one point we see a, a, a girl whose head's been ripped off and then her jaw is missing and then her guts are pouring out of her stomach. That was um, good. That was pretty, pretty gruesome. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was surprisingly gruesome. I also didn't realise... I thought for a minute that she was, like, a robo-lady because I didn't realise that was her spine coming out of the top of her. I was like, whoa, she's got... I haven't yeah, robot to parts, anyone no. today, so I feel like That's her spine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I liked about this is the um, spin that um, Jughead does not want to be a werewolf. Mm. So he's left and joined the circus. Excellent. Um, but the last person that he tried to eat while, while he was a werewolf was Reggie. And so it now looks like he's going to be the, the main werewolf threat. And we see him kind of show up on Veronica's doorstep at the end of this issue. Um, this is super fun. Yeah. I, I, it's gotten to the point now where I enjoy the Archie horror books more than the regular Archie books. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I agree with that. And I think I hold them to such a high standard that I was a little bit disappointed by this issue, but um, it's still fun, still super fun. Yeah, this is way more in the kind of comedic horror yeah. um, realm, which I think has its own has, has its place. Yeah. Um, and the other one, where well, the other ones are kind of more kind of like classic horror or, and also like very eerie uh, Lovecraftian oh. horror. Um, I love this. This is this is a my, my favorite number one of the week. I think mm. um, for for a fun for a fun Halloween comic, it was it was easily the best one. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's leave Jughead the Hunger and move over to DC's House of Horror number one that came out this week. A ten dollar book um, featuring different stories with various writers and artists. However, all of the plots for the stories were written by Keith Giffen. Um. And we get. Um, actually, don't really. I'm, I'm not really familiar with any of the writers that came on for the dialogue. Mm. But um, from an art point of view, we get like um, like people like Howard Porter, Bill Chris Everly, um, Howard Chaikin, Rags Morales. So there's definitely some Dale Eaglesham, definitely some, and Scott Collins as well. There's definitely some big name DC artists on the on these books. But yeah, it seems like a lot of. I, I didn't Google. I'm assuming they're kind of younger younger writers. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like maybe Giffen started a think tank for writers. <laughs> Maybe they're all the people he keeps in his basement. Um, what do you think of the cover of this, first and foremost, Siobhan? <laughs> I was just looking at it and I was like, I really like it, but I have no idea what's going on. Why is, like... Why is Wonder Woman playing the violin? Maybe she's in um, Underwinter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is literally the only thing I can think of. Does that have anything to do with a book in here? No. Not uh, really. It just, like, it just like, drew a, a weird spooky tableau of all the DC characters being like, I don't, I don't know why, like Green Lantern is like melting. clutching a candle, but also <laughs> melting. <laughs> and the Flash is being eaten by uh, Batman. But Superman I get, I get, is meant to be like, yeah. Oh, yeah, true. And then Superman, I guess, is meant to be like Frankenstein, but he just kind of looks like Bizarro. Oh, yeah. But he has, a, he has a collar around his neck. But yeah, then he's holding this? Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman is playing a violin. <laughs> it's by, like, three people. Michael. Two people. M- Michael Wum Kaluta oh. and Laverne Kinzierski. I read that as three different names. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway. The, I don't think anything in this was especially remarkable. The Bill Cusavely stuff was really pretty to look at. There was some great art in here, that's for sure. But I, yeah. I thought... I thought, and like you know, the, a lot of horror specials are, can be very heavy-handed. But I thought all the all the short stories in this were particularly heavy-handed. I actually yeah. can't even pick a standout from a story point of view. It was all. It felt like 
like a bunch of like R.L. Stein dumbass stuff that we saw in that stupid man thing book. Yeah, and it was all but, like, what if the heroes of the DC universe were actually villains? That's crazy. Well, no, we're, we're actually monsters. Yeah. Halloween monsters. Yeah, like the, the the first one in particular, which was um, Superman arriving on the on the Kent's doorstep, except he's a like a Bad some one. kind of he- horrible beast who who ends mm. up killing Martha Kent. Mm. Um, actually, the the Wonder Woman story was kind of cool. Yeah. Like it was a bunch of teens summoning a warrior um, on uh, using a Ouija board on Halloween night, and they end up like you know the one of one of the teens gets infected with the spirit of wonder woman who's like this you know fearless evil Ancient. warrior yeah yeah and she just kills a bunch of people i hated the harley quinn one yeah that one was really boring i was like a, a man and kind a of haunted of by the ghost baker. the ghost is it kyle baker on, on that yeah. one yeah oh man how weird was the billy batson howard shaken one as well that was that was absolutely bizarre <laughs> like he, he get it's like billy batson is like is like this kind of like greaser, <laughs> but he looks like a bit like Tom of Finlandy. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, that's all of Howard Chaykin's men kind of do. Um, uh, but uh, he he he's like haunted by everyone. There's 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 like an evil voice in his head that wants him to say Shazam, mm. and all these people telling him to say Shazam, and he kind of finally does at the end, and then nothing happens. Yeah, that was yeah. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't spooked out by any of these, and I am very easily spooked. So I think that. I Were you bother. spooked by Jughead the Hunger? No, I wasn't spooked by Jughead the Hunger. Okay, well, we'll, we'll check in. Hopefully, one of these books spooked you good. But I would not, especially with the cover prize, I would not recommend DC House of Horror to anyone. I wouldn't. Uh, and it's, and these, these are the kind of books that end up in dollar bins years from yeah. now. So yeah. maybe if you're desperate, look out for it then, because it, it, there is some great art on display. Absolutely. It's always good to get new Bill Everly, that's for sure. Um, another anthology that was slightly spooky and some of it took place on Halloween is the new Black Crown Quarterly. Um, last week we reviewed the first issue of Kid Lobotomy and Black Crown is the new imprint started by Shelley Bond who um, was best known for her work edit- as editor at Vertigo during the kind of biggest years of Vertigo where she looked after a lot of the biggest known books that Vertigo were responsible for. And uh, after leaving DC in a pretty shitty manner. Um, she got booted. Uh, she started her own imprint through IDW called Black Crown. Uh, we did not really like the um, Peter Milligan written um, Kid Lobotomy comic. In fact, it felt like a comic that had not been edited at all. Um, mm. Lots of, way too much text in, in, in that first issue, I thought. Um, and so I was, I was excited to give this a chance. It's, a, it's, it's described as a compendium of all things comics, culture, and cool. Mm. Um, and we have a bunch of contributions from some of the writers and artists that are doing regular stuff uh, for Black Crown. And then we also just have like straight up preview material, mm-hmm. including a preview of the um, Kid Lobotomy book that we got last week, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like kind of shitty considering this was $7 to have like a bunch of preview fodder within this book. I thought it was like a pretty bad move. Would you have rather had, like, one sort of, like, have it be more individual stories? Like, have it be more of a legitimate well, anthology? Yeah, definitely. Instead of definitely. just getting a taste of each issue. Yeah, I think, no, I think getting, like, previews for something that we're going to have to buy the full issue for again. Mm, you know, true. for this, this is, yeah, I don't know, this is on the expensive side. I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about our listeners. 
the spookiest thing of all, Siobhan, going bankrupt. <laughs> that is spooky. Um, but I guess, like, this gives you a taste of kind of what they're doing and if anything appeals to you. I mean, I guess you're buying a little bit of the same issue again, but you might. Yep. What if you bought the whole of Kid Lobotomy and then really hated it? That's a good point. Like many people probably did. <laughs> um, so, with that in mind, um, and we talk about like all, all the things that we see within this, was there anything that uh, that that took your fancy? Um, the Frank Quietly Kid Lobotomy Frank cover Kid Lobotomy poster that was cool. Wasn't that the cover of the of the issue we got last week? I didn't get that cover. Okay, maybe I did. Maybe I think I would have liked it. Um, but I quite liked the Assassinistas. Yeah, the Teeny Howard and Gilbert Hernandez uh, yep. book. That's definitely the that one that I'm cool. looking forward to the most. But I don't think it's coming out till like February. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, and band twits, I thought that looked cute and the art was really nice. So I'm going to oh, check no. that out. Assassinistas mm-hmm. is uh, coming out December 27. Ah, cool. Great. So that's actually not, not too far away. Um, and then uh, what about Punk's Not Dead? I really liked the art in that one. Did you like that one? Which one was that one? Um, basically there is like a, a ghost of an old punk who haunts a bathroom oh, yeah. um, and, and one kid can see him and no one's ever been able to see this dead punk before. Yeah. I like um, that. But the, the artwork reminded me of Rod, Rod Reyes from mm-hmm. who's doing uh, Marvel stuff at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really, really cool artwork in that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think that might even be the book that I'm looking forward to the most. I haven't quite think that Rich and Strange looks kind of fun. Is that the one with the about. old... The yeah. old rockers in a, in a nursing home. I don't yeah. know that one. That one seemed that was a, it was just it was extremely wordy. It took a while. It was yeah. basically it's like a bunch of like a, a, a has been rockers who are all in a nursing home now who want to reunite their band for one show, which actually sounds a lot like a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, I'll definitely. I mean, you know, we're going to give it a shot yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I thought as a whole, this uh, this I was I was I was expecting a bit more from this package. I think. Yeah, like. If you want to know if any of these Black Crown books are for you, you can have a look at the art and previews or something like that and That's make, what I mean, make yeah. a decision. It would be pretty similar. And then there's a uh, like a twelve, like a ten-page kind of introduction comic called Tales from the Black Crown, in which which is written by and, and drawn by Rob Davis, which is kind I of like, like an that. introduction to. Yeah, I thought that that was a clever way to introduce various characters that we see again later in the in the issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says to be continued, and I guess this is going to be continued quarterly. So, Siobhan, make sure you remember every single thing that happened in this comic when the next one comes out three months from now. I absolutely will. <laughs> um, did this comic spook you? No. Zero spooks. Sorry, guys. Even even though you got previews in, in this for $7? <laughs> Turns out, actually. Bankruptcy. <laughs> Um, so, Teeny Howard wrote the uh, preview of Assassinesis that we saw in Black Crown Quarterly. Mm-hmm. She also wrote Hack Slash Resurrection that Image put out this week. I know you didn't read it. I, I, I thought I'd give it a shot because I enjoyed some Hack Slash kind of crossover thing that we read recently. Oh, yeah. Well, I read recently. Um, Teeny Howard wrote this. Um, art is by Selor um, mm-hmm. with colors by K. Michael Russell. Now, this is a, uh, uh, a comic that was uh, started by Tim Seeley. Um, and it is about a, a sexy lady who kills zombies and monsters. She hacks and slashes them. Cool. Um, and that is exactly what happens in this issue. Um, I thought that, like, from a writing point of view, it was pretty good. I, I actually quite liked Tini Howard, but the art was super pervy. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
we just see like a lot of shots of this girl's butt. Nice. Like, and it didn't really. I don't know. It just, it just seemed a bit crass towards the end. And it didn't add to the story. <laughs> at, at all, like she just like she spends a lot of her time in, in her underwear. Maybe this is a, a, an important trait for the character. Yeah, I think but, I um, even read a um, preview of this in the back of another issue of something. So I was like, what the hell is this? Because it's just like, like <laughs> I like the idea that a woman would be comfortable in underpants and thigh high socks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how I sit around all the time. That seems most comfortable. Just wear pants. <laughs> No, but I, you don't understand, Siobhan. I have I get very, very hot in a very specific part of my body, just which is the, the, just this bit of thigh, That's just it. above my knee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I I won't be continuing with this, and it did not spook me, unfortunately. Man. But ima- like imagine if it did. What's that? Sorry. Well, yeah, we are podcast. extremely tough. I was going to say, imagine, imagine if it, it, I did love it, and you got spooked because you didn't read it. Whoa. The fear yeah, of missing out. <laughs> uh, I, I, I bet you you didn't read the next two number ones that I read. Okay. Um, Ghostbusters, Monsters at Midnight. No, I didn't read that. Oh, Sorry, I got excited because oh, right. I was like, I did, and I was like, oh no, that's Goosebumps. I didn't read. Wait, I what did I say? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Oh fuck! I, no, it's called Ghost. I, I meant to say Goosebumps. Goosebumps, ah. Monsters at Midnight. Yeah, I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the. Uh, I, I did read a Ghostbusters comic too, so we'll hear that minute, in a minute. But yeah, Goosebumps, Monsters at Midnight is a. Um, a, a book written by Jeremy Lambert with art by Chris Fennoglio. Um, and uh, if you were familiar with the R.L. Stein uh, Goosebumps books, this uh, is like about a bunch of kids who want to read some spooky books. Um, and this book contains a few of the weird characters and themes that were introduced through R.L. Stein's beloved teenage spooky fiction series. Uh, not the preteen spooky mm, fiction series, tween, um, uh, including Slappy, the ventriloquist doll who shows up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say, I, I really enjoyed the super f- cartoonish art. Yeah, um, I wasn't I wasn't expecting to, but um, I was just baffled that, like, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that R.L. Stein is writing comics for 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 Marvel now, mm-hmm. or, or or you know did that Man Thing run that just recently finished. Why isn't he writing a Goosebumps comic? Yeah, that's like this definitely missed some kind of fundamental, like hilarious twist ending that you would expect from a Goosebumps comic. Like this just kind that's, of that's a good point. Like, I felt like this could have been condensed, and way more could have happened in this comic. Like it needed to just be like a little bit faster paced. Um, I think I think they're really trying to stretch out a series out of like a pretty simple story, yeah. which is like I guess it's good for young readers, sure, but um, you you can do better. I agree. Um, did you find? Me. I was going to say, did you did you find that it was not not condensed enough? Spooky? <laughs> is that terrifying to you? That is that is how that did that did make me scared. <laughs> um, so we got Ghostbusters answer the call last. I guess this kind of counts as semi horror. Um, although actually, the next one is quite spooky too. Um, this is uh, a book that I wish I did not read. Nice. <laughs> uh, it's written by Kelly Thompson. Oh, that's a oh, bummer. That's a bummer. Um, with art by Corin Howell, um, and I have to say that the dialogue is fine. Like it, you know, it's it, it pretty. It's it, this one features um, the uh, the recent um, Ghostbusters team that we saw in the the Sony movie that came out last year. Okay. The female Ghostbusters, as they were rudely described on the internet. Um, actually, it was, they called them way worse things than just female Ghostbusters. Yeah, I was going to say that just seems factual. <laughs> 
I hate facts. They terrify me. Um, but I, I think from a story point of view, it was like the four of them, they're like kind of Ghostbusters now, like fully fledged, the town's behind them, and um, they find like a weird little ghost kid. And I don't know, it was just it just felt like a boring retread of Ghostbusters tropes. So, and they're always in fucking New York. Always. I don't know. I, Why aren't I get they that ghosts anywhere else? Go somewhere else. I don't know. I don't. I don't like Ghostbusters that much. You've said I've this a few it. times in the podcast. Oh, have I? <laughs> Every time you say that, we you lose a forty-five-year-old male listener. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so the next comic is genuinely spooky, and that is Ray Fork's Underwinter: A Field of Feathers, Part One. Um, we uh, reviewed the first four issues of Underwinter. Um, it was like a kind of mini series. It was five issues, mm. um, and it's a, that that first series was about. Um, a, a string quartet that were forced to play uh, music blindfolded to like a, a demon mm-hmm. and uh, and some like dark forces and souls. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was really and then really. Everyone died. That's right. It was really unsettling. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's like yeah. I, I don't think we've seen the last of those characters from that first season, or maybe mm. I, I don't. I don't know. This is completely disjointed from. In fact, there don't really seem to be any familiar themes in this uh, in this issue. Um, it's except for birds. It's a, that's right. There's some birds in this, um, which is the field of feathers. Is what a field of feathers is what this arc is called, um, and uh, it's about um, I guess like a, a, a family, um, a father and his um, son and daughter, who are kind of making their way in somewhere in the car. It seems like they're escaping something. Um, and meanwhile, someone who we learn is their mother is like, I guess you could, she, she's kind of like having a conversation with a, with a demon. Mm. Would you say? I mean, I have um, no idea. I feel like we felt the same way after the first issue of the last series. Yeah. And, and we still liked it. And yeah. I still like this a lot too. I, Absolutely. I think I, I like, it's, it's very, very, it, you kind of have to assume, like, you know, work out yourself what's happening because mm-hmm. his art is extremely simple watercolors it's very um, abstract this is like a very abstract comic in a number of ways but it's like definitely definitely takes you somewhere in a way absolutely. that's like really interesting and his dialogue is really good too yeah absolutely i like it too like i said i i could not really tell you what what's what's happening in this issue no <laughs> i tried i failed i was too spooked it made me uncomfortable um, yeah so that, that is that way. as close to a spook as we're gonna get it as we're gonna so. get it so uncomfortable hmm. well i hope everyone listening has an uncomfortable halloween those are our <laughs> spooky number one issues we've got some significantly less spooky number ones to talk about though um and uh i want to start with a valiant book uh written by matt kint with art by trevor hairsign ryan Wynn, and david Barron. and this is a book called eternity um this is the continuation of the um what's it called the divinity divinity series that this creative team did and it's all about uh, basically the Russian superheroes of the, like cosmonauts that were almost like the Fantastic Four but Russian mm-hmm. uh, there were cosmonauts that went into space and came back with uh, incredibly like, godlike superhero powers um, and this sees like an even higher force kidnap two of those cosmonauts baby hectic um, and we learn that there are people that follow the cosmonauts they're actually Australians they live in Australia um, yeah they like worship the co- the the divinity um, characters, and um, 
that's who the divinity characters go to for clues as to where their child has been taken. Um, where the um, divinity series was quite dark in terms of a color palette, from memory anyway, mm. this is like an incredibly bright and colorful, um, almost Kirby esque book um, that with very very fun and wild high concept space stuff going on um an interdimensional mm-hmm. crazy shit yeah um, <laughs> interdimensional crazy shit indeed uh, again just like uh, underwinter i can't tell you exactly what's going on at this point but no. um, the, the gist is that a super, two superheroes baby has been kidnapped by someone uh from another dimension and it's up to them to go to travel this dimension and find them um the writing is excellent dialogue is great incredible Trevor Hairsign's art is so good, and I love that. It, like you know, it's just been the same creative team working on this story, and uh, it's spanned like you know, I guess over three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really really cool. I highly recommend it to everyone, especially Valiant fans. Absolutely, I know you're out agreed. There. But you're probably already reading this, so non-Valiant fans, go read all of Divinity and then read this. Valiant would have to be like one of the few imprints where th- there are people that just get everything because yeah, it is absolutely. quite achievable. It's quite like, contained. You know, th- th- this this was like the biggest Valiant week we've had in a while, and there's mm. only three books. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and more on those later. Um, although spoilers, I didn't read them, but I will. Oh, did you read? Happy Halloween! Oh, that's a number two. <laughs> I've like I've done a terrible job of organizing my comics. Sorry. That's okay. I, I did an incredible job. Instead <laughs> of reading my comics, I organized them this week, um, <laughs> because uh, a uh, a one year old is way more likely to let you move things around than she is to let you sit down and enjoy something mm, and she's covered in an itchy rash oh. um so uh dark knights the uh big metal um event taking over dc right now uh continues its one shots featuring the evil batman mm-hmm. and this week we've got batman the merciless uh written by like probably the best creative team on one of these issues um peter tomasi and francis manipul mm-hmm. which made this issue extra disappointing because uh just like the one we read last week, it was less about the history of this evil Batman and telling a tale within their world, which um, some of the other issues... Like my, my highlight so far was the Cyborg one. Um, but this one was more about like the present day when these evil Batman come to Earth-Zero, the main DC universe, and how the heroes react to these evil Batman. I don't know. I, I just thought... I, I'm, I'm, we're seeing that in the event anyway. I don't really need to see more of it. That's true, I guess. I did quite enjoy this one. I thought this one maybe had the strongest concept of like how there is an evil male Batman Wonder Woman. Like, yeah, but they they didn't really show us that. They just told us that. Like, he true. literally described everything that happened to him in his life. I would have mm. loved to have actually seen more of that as it was happening, instead of like we we, we kind of half the issue was him telling us how he came to be. Basically, like Wonder Woman, his 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 the Wonder Woman of his universe dies, and he wears her like the, the, the war steals, armor. He steals the um, Ares helmet. A- Ares helmet. That's right. And becomes like evil. He becomes war. He becomes the god of um, war. That's kind of cool. Yeah. No, I, the concept was great. I just thought the uh, the way they told the story was like just kind of dull, and they would they would flash between that and then different people like Amanda Waller and Steve Trevor um, mm. reacting to this evil version of Batman in their own universe and I thought it was clunky I think I mostly enjoyed it because I have not read a Francis Manipal comic in a while 
And so I right. enjoyed it on that level. Yeah, the art was great. It looked great. Good, good art. Um, I want to love Peter Tomasi again. He was one of my all-time favorites for a while. Mm. You can never now have all-time being... favorites. That's, that's, that's the spookiest thing of all. That's the spookiest thing. Um, so uh, did you read Thor, Where Walk the Frost Giants, number one? Okay, I read two more number ones, and both of them I started and then did not finish. Yeah, those are the two I've got left. So the, the, yeah. the other one that um, we'll talk about in a minute. But Thor, Where, the, Where Walk the Frost Giants is... Like, I assume it's a, it's a tie-in comic for the, the Thor movie currently in cinemas, Ragnarok. Oh, really? Um, well, I mean, like, it's something... It exists? Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, but, um... I think it's one of the digital first oh, right, Marvel okay, sure. series. Did I imagine but, that? But it's, like, it's definitely, like, channeling, like, Walter Simonson or even yeah. earlier iterations of, of Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we even get a, a, a Stan Lee and Jack Kirby backup after this, the main story, but, which I found so much more fun. Than, yeah, I wish than I kept the main reading. Story. <laughs> but, oh man, there's some incredible Kirby art in that. It's I loved so when Odin was just like this giant <laughs> that <laughs> towered over everybody. Um, and, and, and in fact, like weirdly, and this is what makes me think this is a tie into the movie, that the, the Kirby and, and Stan Lee backup is, is actually about Thor versus Hulk. Mm. Um, you but may be right. the, the, the main story is like this boring Thor taking boring. on the Frost Giant. It was written by Ralph Macchio with art by Todd Nork. Um, like and, a beautiful, uh, brave child. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. Yeah. I didn't like it boring. at all. Yeah, real boring. Real boring stuff. Um, the Rough and Ready Show was the final number one that I read. Um, and this was written by Howard Chaikin. Um, it's so funny when it rains, it pours with Chaikin. Like yeah, we, we, we go weeks without Chaykin? talking about him, and then suddenly he'll, he'll be on like two books in one mm. week. Like, God damn it, Chaikin! At least this one wasn't like. Actually, I, I didn't read all of it. It probably was racist. I don't know, but this is <laughs> this is uh, tying into um, DC's Hanna Barbera line. Um, Rough and Ready are like a cat and dog duo, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and uh, this tells the story of like, what if they became like washed up? And someone tried to have them reunite for a comeback show or something like that. The art is by um, the art I loved. I like, the art's I, I, and I was, incredible. The art reminds me a lot of Kyle Baker. It's by mm-hmm. Mac Ray, um, and um, I wanted to keep reading for that, but I just found the story just did not grab me at all as I continued through it. It was very just pretty dull. Yeah, absolutely. When it started being like, ah, there's some people in our society that animated it, and they are discriminated against because they are animated. You know, it's like, stop trying to make a point about racism through a comic about animated dogs and cats. How it shaken, you weirdo. And also, you literally wrote the most racist comic of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know that for sure. I bet there's a lot <laughs> of racist, of. like, um, zines. The, racist, the most racist comic that we've read on the show so far. Absolutely. Agreed. Um... Uh, so yeah, that, those are all the uh, number ones. It, maybe Rough and Ready show is the scariest. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was too scary for us to finish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, so if you want to discuss any of the uh, comics that we just talk, talked about, or any of the comics we're about to talk about in the show, the easiest place for you to do that is on the Serious Issues Facebook group, which you can find at facebook.com/groups/seriousissuespodcast. Come talk to us there. There's thousands of people that love talking about comics 24-7, no matter what time zone you're in, there's always someone up that wants to argue with you about whether Marvel or DC are better. <laughs> Jordan. Doesn't that sound appealing? 
<laughs> Another shout out. <laughs> it's there, like working are, in a comic book store all the time. Which is There are other there are other teenage boys that you can give shout outs to in the future. There's someone in there whose name is like Orbital Axolotl. Oh yeah. <laughs> his, I hope his, um, his um profile picture is like an uh, an axolotl in space. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's great. Um, make a comic about yourself. Please. I'd read that. Uh, so, Siobhan, now is the time to play Roll the Dice for Image, Marvel, or DC, in which we decide whether to read Image, Marvel, or DC first based on the rolls of a dice. And I'm going to roll it first. Uh, if it gets rolls one to two, it's Image first. If it rolls two to th- uh, three to four, it's Marvel first. And if it rolls five to six, it's DC. Uh, so, first, we're going to talk about Marvel. And then we're going to talk about Image. And then finally, DC. Great. Um, I got. A big stack of Marvel books because um, I'm trying to read all of the legacy issues, give them a chance, jump back in on series that I've given up on. Um, and uh, actually, Marvel had a big week of, uh, and there, there are a few, a few of the from other publishers too of of series that we quite enjoyed ending this mm. week. So I'm going to pull those out right now so we can talk about those first. Um, let's start off by talking about the final issue of Blecky, Becky Cloonan's great Punisher run, um, Punisher number seventeen. Um, which she uh, did with artist Matt Horak and colours by Lee Lowridge with incredible covers, this entire run, mm-hmm. just an, uh, one of the best run of covers of, 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 of the year uh, by um, Jordi Belair and Declan Shalvey. Uh, and this one in particular is so awesome, just like a very dapper-looking Frank Castle in mm-hmm. a tuxedo complete with skull um, cufflinks. Yep. Um, I, I, I love, I love just like... skulls. And yeah, I, I love just why not? Let's just draw Frank Frank Castle handsome as hell with no blood sprayed on him, like he was. It's a rarity. Bond. Yeah, exactly. Um, but this was the like, kind of the big climax of uh, everything that Becky Cloonan has been building towards. Um, and uh, what's funny is that like the first, the f- and it's a, a reminder of this reading the um, the back matter of this issue is that when the, those first issues of um, of her Punisher run. Uh, she tried to kind of treat it like a horror movie in which you only saw Frank Castle as like the the threat mm-hmm. that, that, that showed up scarcely throughout the issue. But ne- he basically blossomed into a full-on kind of like smarmy action hero by the end mm. of her run. And I actually didn't have a problem with that. Like, you know, no, he, me neither. He, wise really cracks, he, wise, he wise cracks a lot more than your average Punisher comic. Uh, Absolutely. Will, will let him in this. And I, I was fine with it. Um, this saw him finally come face-to-face with face. Is that his name? Face? Nice. Yep. Yeah. Um, and he is a guy who, um, his like, signature was that he cut people's faces off after killing them, but he eventually got um, overdosed on mutant pheromones or whatever, mutant, what's that thing called? I don't know, some kind of mutant growth hormone thing. That's what it is. MG, MGH is what mm. they call it in the, in the MU. Um, and so he's like, he, he kind of looks like Killer Croc now. Except one of his, he had to like cut his arm off at one point, yeah. his hand off. So now, and then he sharpened the bone sticking out of his arm. So that he like stabs people. Thing. That was real creepy. Yeah. Um, and so this saw like the final uh, climactic action scene take place in an in an actual movie theater, complete with a an aspiring director um, trying to film Frank the entire time, mm-hmm. and him getting assistance from a, um, a, a star, star of the screen. That's right. Um, and uh, it was a much more comedic finish than I was expecting, but I really enjoyed it. Same. It was a really nice farewell to Becky's take on the book 
And um, I'm really going to miss her on this book. This is like yeah, the first Punisher run that I've really like enjoyed and connected with. Well, that was like always one of the big things that like, you know, when we started this podcast, you were just like, yeah, I don't like Punisher. Yeah. And uh, you've, read, now you've, like read, Punisher. you've now read an entire Punisher run. Yay. Yay me. You're an official Francophile. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I highly recommend um, either picking this one up in trade or going back and finding the singles. Actually, definitely recommend getting the singles mm-hmm. just for the covers. Absolutely. Just because just looking at the the, the, the the page with all the covers on them at the back, I'm just like, man, so many of these are like some of my favorite covers of the year. Yeah, they're really great. They're really, really good stuff. So well done to Becky Cloonan. And also uh, we have to give a special shout out to Matt Horak who came mm-hmm. in as fill-in artist after, um, unfortunately, Steve Dillon passed away at the start of the year. And, and he I think did such he did a great a, job. Such a great job, like kind of channeling. It, 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 when, it first, when he first came on, it was definitely him kind of doing his version of Dillon's art and mm-hmm. it gradually morphed into his own style by the end of the run, which is, uh, which is really cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this run. Highly recommended to everyone who's listening. Um, we got the final issue of uh, a kind of like a cult. I guess like if you, were to, if you were to say any of Marvel's books had a cult following, it would be Silver Surfer mm-hmm. by Dan Slott, Michael Alred, and Laura Alred. Um, and this was uh, this like super fun pop arty um, take on the Silver Surfer that people compared to um, Doctor Who a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't watch Doctor Who. That's when I really got that vibe. But it was basically like, yeah, like a... You know, a science fiction hero, Silver Surfer, being paired with a uh, a girl, isn't that is that is that just how Doctor Who works? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, having adventures in space, um, and this was a really, really emotional farewell, not just to the run, but specifically, and this rarely happens in comics, like a farewell to a character that I would be very surprised if we ever saw again. Yeah. Um, and uh, the did you did you read this? No. No. But I know, I, 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 I understand sort of what happened. Yeah, it, I think. But uh, man, like I, I know I'm like I've gone gone on the record as saying I'm against omnibuses. Mm-hmm. I would 100 percent buy an omnibus of this entire run. Whoa. It was such an excellent run, and like I welled up in the final pages, where, like, it's something so obvious, but it ties into the name of the character who died, and I just like, it, it just how clever it was the way that they honoured this character in the way they did you so rarely see it done so well and it just it fucked me the fuck up <laughs> I got I got so emotional and I was I was I, I read it last night as um, as Tilly refused to sleep so I let her uh, crawl around around me while I read comics at about midnight last night and I finally read this issue and I was just bo- like just like just tears flowing down my face as she tried to grab the comic from my hands. <laughs> so beautiful. It was really, really excellent. But she didn't cry while she was reading it, so I think I've got a monster on my hands. <laughs> um, yeah, Silver Surfer. Um, that, Dan Slott, Mike Alred, Laura Alred did something really, really magical with this. I mean, this is going to... I think it's already won a bunch of Eisner Awards, and I think it will probably win an, at least another one. Um, and, but by all means, definitely look out for the, the collection of this when it eventually comes out. Uh, the final Marvel book, the book itself that isn't actually ending, but we got the uh, final uh, issue of Thanos that mm-hmm. was written by Jeff Lemire with um, art by German, German Peralta and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And uh, this told the story of uh, a broken Thanos who mm-hmm. was sick and um, his kind of eventual fight against his son Thane 
um, who had paired up with Thanos's former love, Death. And um, I thought, even though this was a much more kind of action-focused issue compared to the kind of highly themed and stylized mm-hmm. issues, like you know, very heavy, heavy themes of of uh, of heroes and 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 villains in the in of the past issues I, I still quite enjoyed this uh this climax absolutely i think it like wrapped things up really nicely but set thanos back up as like this ultra terrifying threat in the marvel universe and kind of was there was quite a bit of like character development for thanos mm. which is necessary for sure absolutely so like he no longer wants lady death's love and I, I liked the weird kind of team up of Nebula, Trico, mm-hmm. and Star Fox. Yep, that was pretty um, good. A bunch of like funny cosmic characters who were forced to team up together, um, and, and at one point team up with Thanos. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was this is a really really fun series, and so I think uh, we get Donny Cates taking over um, with the next issue. So uh, that will be interesting. The cover yeah. is on the, the final page of this issue, and we see. Thanos surrounded by the defeated heroes of the uh, of the Marvel universe, including uh, you can see Mister Fantastic's arm dangling above his throne. Yeah, is this so, explicitly referencing um, the Infinity Gauntlet? It looks like it. it looks like it's I mean, thrown from the Infinity Gauntlet. All things do. I mean, he, mm. he, Thanos Thanos has a throne. It's like his only posi- possession. Mm. So <laughs> it's all he needs. All it's yeah. Two things about Thanos. Kills all his kids, has a throne. Has throne. Fucked death. <laughs> oh no, he tried to anyway. He never did. Uh, Je- <laughs> Jeff Shaw is going to be the artist on the uh, Thanos run. Who's Jeff Shaw? Don't know, but I'm just just, just reading, <laughs> reading. Reading. Yeah. He's also Donny, Donny Cates is also taking over uh, Doctor Strange with um, Gabrielle Walter on art duties for that, which Ooh-hoo. will be good too. Big big times for Donny Cates. Yeah. Um, so those are the uh, three books that I guess are ending over at Marvel. Um, but Legacy, Siobhan, is all about new beginnings. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got the Legacy kind of first issue, or rather 166th issue, of uh, Black Panther, written by Ta-Nehisi Coates with art by Leonard Cohen. Uh, Leonard Cohen. Yeah, Leonard Cohen. <laughs> they, happy Halloween, guys. Zombie Leonard Cohen's back, and he's illustrating your favorite black heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> um Leonard Kirk is the artist on this. We recently saw him on um, on Wolverine, but here he is doing the next arc on uh, on Black Panther, which is all about Ulysses Claw, which is I guess is Black Panther's biggest foe. He's the mm-hmm. one played by Andy Serkis in uh, in the upcoming Black Panther film, um, and uh, we get not so much an somewhat of an origin story of Ulysses Claw mm. here um, as we see him kind of come into power and. Uh, how he views Wakanda and how Wakanda views him. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this issue. Yeah, same. I know nothing about Claw, so it was cool to um, get this like little little primer, as well as it being like just also a really well told story. I enjoyed this a lot. Definitely, I love that they haven't really fucked with his costume much at all. It still yeah. looks like a really like goofy Kirby kind of Golden Age comic costume, Silver yeah. Age comic costume. That's he has I like want. a weird satellite dish hand. Imagine if he was like super jacked up. It looks, it looks so silly. Super what? Like, like super muscly. He is pretty muscly. Yeah, like, but like he worked hard on what? Like he works hard to get where he where he got. You give him some credit. Um, um, this but is yeah, super beautiful I, though. Embrace the Kirby. Definitely, um, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to see um, 
Ta-Nehisi Coates tell a more kind of classic superhero story, a mm. hero versus his greatest foe story, because we haven't gotten that from his run. It's always been like Black Panther versus the idea of what Democracy. Black Panther is. and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's going to be fun to see him do a much more classic superhero tale. Absolutely. Um, so we also got um, the legacy, first legacy issue of a comic. Uh, oh, a comic that we read the first issue of. Um, and this is, I mean, look, it's, it's issue number eight. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's not really that, that important, but it has a legacy thing on the front of it. So I read it and it is uh, issue eight of America. Which, oh. um, yeah, which has been written by Gabby Rivera with um, art by Joe Quinones, um, inks by Joe Rivera and colors by Jordan Gibson. Um, and we read the first issue of this. We thought it looked fantastic, but we thought, like, R- Gabby Rivera's writing wasn't bad. It just wasn't... It wasn't strong comic book writing. There was a lot Reeked going of, on. Way too much going on. It was like she came came to the first comic she's ever written with so many ideas, and an editor didn't tell her, hey, you only need maybe one of these, and mm. she was just allowed to put ten in there. <laughs> but... Um, so this is eight issues in. I haven't read anything since the first one. And now we see America Chavez. Um, she's still at, you know, she's at, at a university, um, Sotomayor University. Um, and she's also like having space adventures. And uh, this actually has uh, Exterminatrix. Oh, yeah. Um, the amazing Grant Morrison created uh, vi- villain who was in mm-hmm. Marvel Boy mm-hmm. and uh, Original Sin. She's uh, wears like... Um, like a sexy gimp mask. Yeah, a gimp mask, and she has a big red uh, ponytail. Um, but sees her kind of infiltrate u- the university and um, try to ban America from using her powers. Um, I think the writing is a lot stronger than that first issue. It's still not quite a book that's you know entirely for me. Um, from a kind of like you know exactly what's happening, I really like it. I think she's got a much better idea of the character of, of America, and especially that what, what she wants this character to be like in her book. Um, that was a lot stronger and easier to grasp in this issue. And I got to give a shout out, man! This is one of the best looking books I, I, read, I saw this week. The art by Joe Quinones and um, Joe Rivera um, and Jordan Gibson is just absolutely phenomenal. And um, if you get a chance, just flick through. It's just there's some unbelievable like because like. Exterminatrix, her main, you know, her her her, uh, her henchmen are the uh, are the mindless ones, which yep. is such a Amazing. great character design. These big blobby black dudes with like slits in their head where their red eye comes out, like as in like yeah, just they're like big big gargantuan things. Super great. Um, I love Joe Canonas. Uh, I'm like I'm sad to not be reading that book just because I love him so much. I would actually recommend you pick up and, and everyone who maybe you know wanted this book to be a lot more than what it was to them i would re- highly recommend picking this issue up and checking back in with this series because i quite enjoyed it and to the point where i might even pick up issue nine, issue nine cool so that that's good well done hmm. unfortunately i can't say the same thing for the legacy issue of um captain marvel ah um it's still the um the creative team the writer was it margaret stoll i tried reading it and it's just it's just so boring mm. and that book should not be boring Totally. Um, and like that, that's the that's one thing I would never say about this America book. It is not boring. It's just it's still got way too many things going on. But she's got a much better grasp of how to balance it all now. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, I, I didn't read through all of um, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, what I did read though is issue eleven of US Avengers, which yeah. is another legacy book. Did you read this one? No. I told you to. This I'm is sorry. the one in which Ca- Cannonball <laughs> gets stuck in in uh, in like a, an Archie esque universe. Oh yeah. 
No, I don't um, need it. Sorry. Two words, Siobhan. I'm going to text this to you now. Check, it, check your Facebook. Um, two words, zombie... Zombie Jughead. No, no, sorry, not Zombie Jughead. We already, we, we kind of already got that. Scroll Jughead. Ooh, what? Yeah, let me. Say, I'm, I'm sending this through to you now. You will uh, absolutely approve of how fucking cool it was. Um, so yeah, Cannibal's stuck in like this Riverdale-esque kind of planet where a um, rich alien forces all of the inhabitants, who I guess are scrolls, to pretend to be um, American teenage, like wholesome American teenagers. And so he forces Cannonball <laughs> to pretend that he's a, t- a school teacher. That is really good. His name is uh, Richie Re- Redwood. Amazing. <laughs> Richie Redwood, yeah. And um, and it, it's like it doesn't even try to not be exactly the same as uh, um, as Archie. Like he, he straight up looks like Archie, except he has like a G on his um on his jersey instead of a, an R. Amazing. Um, and all of his other characters are named like. I can't remember. like they're they're pretty much they may as well be Vicky and sorry it's Vicky instead of Betty and something else anyway, it's re- it's really really funny and all the while 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 the rest of the US Avengers are trying to rescue Cannonball they come across uh, like 1920s mobsters who are who are in space what <laughs> yeah there were so many insane ideas in this comic which is already full of so many insane ideas but Al Ewing who's the writer balances everything very very well it's it's, it's a extremely fun comic to read with great art by paco diaz and jesus abertov um i love this book i'm i'm i'm, I'm so bummed that you didn't stick around for, for this arc because it's really really fun and silly and definitely up your alley dang i should jump back on scroll jughead siobhan doesn't get Damn better than that really doesn't um so let's talk about some other books that you read um uh, did you read gene gray issue eight yeah, let's let's do X Men Corner. Yeah, that was a lot of a bunch of X Men books this week. Yeah, um, but I love this issue of Jean Grey, uh, number eight, which tied into basically this this whole run has been Jean Grey kind of having like little one shots with mm-hmm. different people in the Marvel universe as she readies herself for the oncoming Phoenix Force, which is has yeah. her in her sights. Um, so she's kind of specifically trying to talk to people that have had experience with the Phoenix to prepare herself what she should do, um, and uh, this saw her. Uh, go into the mind of Emma Frost. Yeah. Um, and her mind is essentially uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly's new X Men run, which yep. is a run that I love. Absolutely. And it was so agree. good. It was so good catching up with a bunch of characters from that run, like the different students. Like, what was the beak? The, yeah. the bird guy. An um, angel. And then, and it, yeah, and even just like the, uh, the, di- the like the the different iterations of the the X characters during that era. Um, that's what her that her mind looks like. Yeah, explicitly referencing the hilarious time that she was having a mind affair with Cyclops. That's that right. That's good. Yeah. Hilarious, Grant Morrison. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. And so now it looks like uh, she's finally bonded with the Phoenix. So I what's going to happen, Siobhan? Did Marvel actually do some good timing? Because the Phoenix Force just, like, would have left Thane, right? That's right. Yeah. Is so that yeah, intentional? It, 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 the <laughs> Phoenix Force leads then leaves the leaves the Thanos book and enters Jean Grey finally. Finally. Yeah, good. Well done, Marvel. You did you did something good. <laughs> I feel like it was um, an accident. Um, yeah. So this Jean yeah, Grey is written by Dennis Hopeless um, with art on this one. Not quite up to the scratch that we've seen on issues in the past, but still good by Victor Ibanez with mm-hmm. colors by Chris Sotomayor. Um, but yeah, this is a great run. A really really fun run. Yeah, Dennis Hopeless fun. has has a great great way of uh 
kind of making me really appreciate female characters that I haven't in the past. Absolutely. Like, I've never really liked Jean Grey as a character. Um, and this is the first time where I find her, find her sort of likeable. Is it just because she has a good haircut now? <laughs> I'm very jealous of her. I love her haircut. <laughs> so cute. Um, so let's talk about All New Wolverine, issue number 26. <coughs> um, this is written by Tom Taylor and uh, with art by Juan Cabal. Um, colours by Nolan Wooded. Um, and this is a book that both of us had dropped previously to Legacy Renumbering. Um, not that this got renumbered in any way, but we just both picked it back up when Legacy mm-hmm. happened. Um, and uh, I am so fucking thrilled with how much fun Hell this yeah. book is. I am this so glad my, we came back on. Goodness gracious, one of my what a favorite, fun issue. Yeah, one of my favourite issues of the week. Um, and I can't tell if it's just because Dakin is in it. Yeah. Da- what you, I Dakin? said Dakin. Dakin. I don't know if that's correct. D-A-K-E-N. Let us know how you should pronounce Dakin, specifically <laughs> if you were the creator of him. Yes. In that, because all comic creators listen to the podcast. I assume It's the so. rule. Oh, God, I hope not. Because they're um, all on their payroll. <laughs> um, but Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Uh yeah, so we we have um Laura, aka X23, aka mm-hmm. Wolverine, discovering her the the lab that she was created in and finding her mother. And mm-hmm. meanwhile, there is a shadowy force um, who have taken over, taken Dakin, taken Dakin uh, <laughs> hostage. And we see him escape. And uh, it looks like a lot of people are after him. And there's going to be some fucking antics, that's for sure. But I'll I really, say. really enjoyed it. And I, I really liked, even though it's not really the kind of style of artwork I would regularly like, um, I really loved Juan Cabal's artwork. Absolutely. It really suits this. this arc. It looks great. The book looks like really sort of breathe new life into it. It looks really sort of almost like Alex and Ada. Yes, definitely. That That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was awesome. This is an awesome issue. Probably one, yeah. of, my, one of my absolute favorites. Same. Um, and it set up a lot of great things for the future of this series too. So... Um, Man, get on board. Ah, I said series. And series, <laughs> thought I said Siri. Wow. And now it's saying series two so I can get on board and now it's just quoting me verbatim. Anyway. That's good. Bu- thanks, Siri. Useful. 
very, very useful. Um, and it's going it's to give me an answer in one second. Uh, it says, I'm not sure I understand. Thanks, Siri. Piece of shit. Always, always good. Um, so what about X-Men Blue? Written by Colin Bunn with um, Jorge Molina on art and colors by Matt Miller and Guru EFX. Um, I hated this. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of don't hate this like mojo world thing that's going on. I like long shots. I like the implication that Jean Grey might start doing it with the alternate universe um, Wolverine. Or did I just totally read that into it? I don't. I don't. I, I, I was kind of breezing over it by that point. There was yeah. a, way too much mojo in my comics this week. <laughs> like this arc's gone on way too long. He's like he's a funny character to show up for in very short bursts. Yeah, but for but like, like an ongoing arc across two series, and he was in Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur this week. True. Um, which we can talk about next. But I just like I'm like okay, I'm done with this arc. Please do something different now, please. I can do fifty percent less mojo. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, um, which is an, an anthology issue um, because uh, Moon Girl has left Devil Dinosaur in space um, and is trying to go about her life without him um, and tries to fill the void that he left in her life by uh, having various team-ups with um, these uh, young X-Men in the Mojoverse, um, Ghost Rider, um, that was probably my favourite little short story, and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this has got... The regular team of Brandon Montclair, Natasha Bustos, and Tamara Bonvian doing um, the kind of the in between panels of uh, between the short stories, and then we have um, uh, a, a whole different other team of uh, a lot of people that I I'm not oh different so different artists so Ray Anthony Height, Dominique Domo Stanton, and Michael Shelfer doing the short stories within this issue. Um, I didn't realize it was all written by Brandon Montclair because they all felt that like they weren't. Yeah, felt very very tonally different to uh, what the series isn't regularly normally like, which says a lot about how good and, and important of the series Natasha Bustos's art is. Well, yeah, absolutely. Like, I feel the main thing that I got from this is that I don't think anyone else gets her right except for Natasha Bustos because there's just something about like the physicality of her, and um, she looks like the right size. I feel like everyone else doesn't get the age exactly correct. And like, the way she comes across, she's so charming while she's being really horrible. But I think that's because of how, what like her body language and stuff is like, because she's this tiny little kid. Um, so I think I just like her so much less when um, it's not Natasha Bustoff. Yep, me too. But I'm um, psyched about the next arc. If this involves, if she's trying to like put the Fantastic Four back together, but with her as the center of it, I'm into that. Yes, yeah. So yeah the, ne- the next arc is called Fantastic Three. I think it's about. Is she, I think she's going to ask them to help her find Devil Dinosaur, right? I don't know. I or hope is, so. Yeah. But that would be amazing if Moon Girl's responsible for the Fantastic Four coming back. <laughs> <laughs> I, doubt, I doubt that'll happen, though. I agree. Because, like, the, the, the target or the, the, the main people that want Fantastic Four coming back would, would never read Devil, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> I feel like she'd be like, yeah, you don't need Reed because I'm way smarter. <laughs> exactly. That'd be incredible. I'm way less terrible to children. <laughs> Um, so I read um, The Amazing Spider-Man Issue Same. number 790 By uh, Dan Slott Oh no wonder I didn't fucking like it Because I really liked those last few issues mm. This is co-written by, by Christos Gage So plot by Dan Slott 
and uh, script by Christos Gage, who is a strong writer, but I feel like Christos Gage just gets thrown under the bus by Marvel yeah. all the time. They're like, hey, can you write the Spider-Man tie-in to this event? Or can you do the, do the script for this, you know, like these off issues that Dan Slott's too busy to write? Um, in any case, uh, Stuart Immonen did great art in this with inks by Wade Von Grohbadger, one of the best names in comics. One of the best names um, in comics, always. Co- colors by Marte Gracia. Um, I did not like this issue one bit. And I... I was like kind of stoked to be reading Spider-Man again. And now I'm just like, oh, fuck that. Now I know why I don't read it. First of all, having a extremely wordy Dan Slott Spider-Man book every two weeks, it's too much Spider-Man. <laughs> it is too much Spider-Man. The two things I will say about this book is that um, I still love Stuart Eminem a whole bunch. Mm. So good. And I mm-hmm. like the the sort of direction that it looks like this is now going to go in. Like, I keep thinking, oh, I think I like Spider-Man again. I think that, like, the t- direction they're taking it in is more interesting or more true to the character. But then I don't actually like the issue. But at the end of this issue, it looks like he's going to be back working for the newspaper, but maybe in some kind of science correspondent position. I think that's kind of a fun development for the character. Sure. Kind of puts him back in the newsroom, puts him back in, like, a context that we all understand that there's some progression I don't know and Stuart Eminem enjoys it <laughs> so it looks good <laughs> right, so yeah it was a pretty dull issue I, the, the, again Fantastic Four vibes we had um, Johnny Storm showing up mm-hmm. and uh, he fighting um, Spider-Man in the uh, X Baxter building mm-hmm. because um, he now doesn't own it but does that go against what's happened in Uncanny Avengers uh, maybe I don't no, know. I can't remember. But um, after after Parker Industries has gone down, it looks like uh, the, the government or someone is now the owner of that building. They sold it. I don't really know. I can't remember. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I, if Eminem's on the next issue too, I might. Be, I'll keep reading <laughs> just because I'll, I'll, I'll keep looking at the very least. Siobhan, were they all of the Marvel books you read this week? Or no, we got some more. I, did, I read the other Punisher book. Did you not read the other Punisher? Oh, book? cool. <laughs> I, I, I just assumed you wouldn't have because I don't think you enjoyed that first one. No, I didn't, but I did read the second issue. Uh, so we've got Punisher the Platoon, uh, written by Garth Ennis with art by Goran Parlov and colours by Geordie Belair. First of all, come on, how goddamn good does this book look? Ah, man, it's so beautiful. And I think that's really the reason that I kept it, you know? The yeah, only totally. reason. Uh, this is an extremely dry, joyless Punisher book. Yeah. It's the polar opposite to what we, what Becky Cloonan's run um, is, but that's what I like about this book. It's extremely serious, but in a, I don't know. I, I, I just, it's, it's a, it's a it's really like, horrifying yeah. look at war, for sure. And just in the same way that, like, Garth Ennis's Punisher Max run is a really horrifying look at the Punisher and what, what kind of man he is and whether or like you know basically was kind of suggesting that he was always going to be the punisher whether or not his family died mm. like you know basically Hectic. you know he he came home from the war but the war never came home well he, he never really came home you know <laughs> he never really the left the war that's right <laughs> the war um, came home too the war came <laughs> <laughs> terrible um but uh yeah this punisher the platoon is all about um his first uh his first time as a commanding officer. With the a, first person officer? he killed. Lieutenant Castle. He's a lieutenant. And um, basically all of his platoon, they don't really know anything about Frank Castle when he's assigned to their, their platoon, but he proves 
himself to them pretty quickly. And this is an, a, a reporter, you know, many, many years from now, from, from, from the war, um, talking to the other, the other members of his, of his platoon, trying to find out what made, what Frank was like and, you know, whether or not things that happened to him during his time at war led to him becoming the Punisher. Um, a lot was kind of in the in the press for this. A lot was kind of made of this being the, us seeing the first time we see Frank Castle kill somebody, and I loved that it was actually like a like oh I mean we were at war of course he killed someone mm. and I don't, I like, you know I don't think he even saw their face as he did it. I liked Ugh. that it, it was, like this is more about you know the, the real the, the the realistic kind of expectations and and um, what happens at war to people's psyches and to people in general yeah Um, it's a very like harrowing read i don't enjoy it like it looks incredible but it's it's a tough read for me it's it's pretty captivating though right yeah sort of i don't know i don't find it that engaging i just sort of find it grim right sure um well look i i uh i highly recommend everything that this 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 pairing has done in the past especially fury max um this this feels like a like a sister comic to that run mm-hmm. um in fact frank castle is as a soldier is in that run and everything oh, but no uh, way. yeah this yeah yeah that, it's, it's really really cool that run um it's again it's super dire and grim mm. but um it's 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 very very well-made comics and it's the kind of like if i would much rather that ennis than like oh no he shat on my dick <laughs> those are the two sides of garth ennis <laughs> Um, so yeah, Punisher the Platoon, it's ticking along quite nicely. Was that the last Marvel book you read this that week? That was the last Marvel book I read this week. I got one more. The Despicable nice. Deadpool, issue number 288 by Jerry Duggan with um, Scott Coblish um, and Nick Filardi, um, which sees Deadpool trying to take down Cable. And of course, Cable outsmarts Deadpool in this issue. And um, it was quite a fun comic um, in which uh, Deadpool, after cutting off Cable's uh, bionic arm and attaching it to himself, uh, Cable immediately, um, upon coming back in contact with Deadpool, overrides the, Deadpool's control of the arm, and so Deadpool beats himself <laughs> up with his own arm. Um, and good. it was very funny, but and also just like very good action scenes in general in this. Um, and uh, it looks like Cable's going to get some answers out of Deadpool in the next issue. It's a fun run. I'm enjoying nice. it. Oh, cool. Well done, Duggan. Well done, uh, did we say we're going to do Image next? I think we did. I only read two Image books this week. Whoa. Yeah, I uh, I will read. I, th- I, I don't think I read Renato Jones. Oh, and then were like, I didn't read that either. And then there were two books that like I just I, like I didn't love that Angelic book. Do you want to mm-hmm. talk, talk about that first? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Simon Spurrier um, book. Who did art in that one? Is it Casper we we Wingard? We reviewed it last week, last month, and yeah. it's uh, what is it? It's about. A bunch of animals in a weird world where all the animals like kind of live in tribes. Yeah, but it's like weird future things. Like some of the animals are like the ones that we think are man are actually like seals in these flying robopod things. Yeah. Um, I really like this. I think it's like really far out, weird future concept sci-fi. And it's silly and it's a little bit like maybe childish seeming like not it's not childish but like you could probably give this to a kid except without all that female mutilation themes <laughs> but um this has like a, a really smug flying seal guy teaming up with the um sort of quite innocent but 
adventurous young female flying monkey character to um, go beyond the reaches of what they know and explore and find answers. I really like it. I think this has a lot to um, a lot to offer. The art's really beautiful. The colors are really lovely. It's this kind of it's all beautiful pastels and quite sort of strong cartooning. Um, I like this. It's weird. How is the dialogue in this one? It's still like they each sort of community has a little bit of their own kind of language, but I don't find it as um, annoying as you did. I can understand why. But I'll give this issue a shot. I've got a, I've got a small pile of comics that I actually it's pretty pretty big. It's about twenty comics that I didn't read this week that, <laughs> I, that I wanted to. I did um, see. I went into Kings to pick up my comics and I saw your pile and I was like, wow. He reads a lot more comics than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to drop a, a, a whole bunch of DC books. I'm dropping and a, a bunch nice. of Marvel comics ended too. So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, I want to try and go take my list down from more than 50 to less than 40. Nice. <laughs> That's no mean feat. It's still a lot of comics. It's still a lot of comics. I'll tell you what, guys. Um, but uh, I spent a great deal of this weekend playing Mario Odyssey. I warned you. Ah, um, how is it? I've, I've, it's so fucking good. I finished it already. <laughs> It came out on Friday, and I finished it by Saturday afternoon. That's so hectic. But the post How? game, the, the post game is enormous. It's actually the, the the main story is is not that long of a campaign. Okay, right, right. Good um, God, it was good. Again, another another, th- another thing that made me cry. Um, <laughs> there, there was one. It's like this amazing celebration of this thing that I've loved my entire life, and uh, I uh, I started weeping <laughs> while I was playing it, and uh, my wife laughed at me. You also must not have had like any sleep. You have like a sick oh, rashy child plus yeah, I, plus I, video I games. DJ'd, I DJ'd every night last week. What? Because uh, it's corporate Christmas party season. Uh, yeah, of course. The, Do you just not sleep? I, I like yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm about f- average of four hours a night at the moment. Whoa! Yeah, I physically cannot function. Yeah, I well, well, weirdly can, but then watch me get this uh, like ham foot and mouth disease. Like it's it's a disease mm-hmm. that only children get, but watch me get it because <laughs> my body is so run, run down at the moment. <laughs> Nice. Um, I went to a wedding. I did get a wedding up the coast on uh, on Saturday, and they made me get 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 there really early to set up. So I had like four hours in between setting up and and actually playing. Um, and so I was just sitting down in the corner playing Mario, <laughs> crying. <laughs> and they're like, "So glad we booked this really cool DJ for our like, <laughs> special day." <laughs> Let's look about Saga, issue number 48, uh, the culmination of this last uh, uh, six-issue arc uh, before they take a very well-earned break. This one, again, is by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. Probably the comic that most of our listeners listen to. Read, sorry. Yeah, everyone. Certainly. Does anyone not read Saga? You should read Saga. Like every day in our, grou- in our, in our group on Facebook. <laughs> Jordan is um, like, some- I haven't read Saga. Someone Should else, I read Saga? Every, every, it's always someone else going, finally, the group convinced me to read Saga. <laughs> you should have been reading Saga anyway. Don't admit to not reading Saga. Just read Saga and pretend you've been reading it all along. Yeah. That's my life advice. Absolutely. Um, Don't you want to be so cool, this, guys? Know who Goose is. <laughs> this issue was all about uh, Goose and Squire and the two reporters. So some very <laughs> obscure characters that we haven't seen in quite a few issues. I feel weird uh, about how maternal I feel towards Squire. Who is the robot child? Yeah, child of King Robot, Prince Robot. I thought you were going to say Goose because Goose is like the oh. fan favorite character. He's everyone's favorite character. But Goose seems like he'd take care of you. I don't feel yes, maternal well, he, towards. He Goose. He has an enormous axe. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> but he is the one taking care of Squire um, as they wait to be reunited with the rest of the cast. 
Um, and uh, we will not spoil what happens in this issue, but I thought this was uh, probably oh, the most man. satisfying satisfying saga issue we've gotten in quite a while. And really, like, beautiful. And, like, yeah. not, not devastating. Exactly. Like, this the one might make was... you cry, but it's not going to be because something horrible happened. Yeah. This was a, a really, really sweet issue. And um, <clears throat> uh, just... Anything that allows Fiona Staples to draw a new horrifying creature. Absolutely. I, I, just all four. And like um, and she continues is- to find levels with these characters as she grows with them, as they change. Like Alana's been through two pregnancies now and that shows. And I think that's yes, like totally. cool as hell. <laughs> I love that, that that shows. Not only does that show, but she also lets it show. I Absolutely. Love that Alana, you know, has a, has a mid drift out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your body doesn't have a midriff, does it? It's not like a body part. <laughs> you know, the, the, the anatomy of a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the midriff? <laughs> Just the middle. Just the, she always oh, has the middle out. my hurts. <laughs> uh, this is also um, a great issue of Saga because the back matter contains... Um, I, I never ever write back into them, but they always do. Um, every, every few issues, they do a big uh, Saga reader survey. Mm-hmm. And the answers are always so funny. And I always get so proud whenever I see an Australian, mm. uh, like, you know, town mentioned. I'm like, I could just answer this and be part of it too. But I never do. No, I never That's have either. I'm but it's idiot. really fun to read. Really, really fun. Great issue. Absolutely. I love this book. And Good I Lord. can't wait for it to come back. Same. Um, I read Deadly Class, issue number 31. Same. Written by Rick Remender with Wes Craig and um, Jordan Boyd on colours. Um, and this is just absolute chaos now. It really is. Where we see what happened um, at, um, is it Homecoming? No, at the, at the pep rally. Mm-hmm. We see what happened. Uh, basically, this is the, uh, the the school for assassination kids. Assassins. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, it's you know it's it's just like any other high school with cliques and bitchiness and everyone doing drugs all... and having sex. That's what yeah, teens are is... doing. This was a that's the the one when I, I like lose my grasp on this comic a bit when Rick Remanda tries to do like the drug fueled mm. orgy side of it. I always feel like it just seems a bit hackneyed. Yeah, but, um, like you've in, done in, this before. We've seen this. You're really into these themes, Rick. Especially when like you know. Um, the character's like, oh, let's all have ecstasy. Oh, I forgot to tell you, this X is cut with heroin. And it's like, yeah. people, don't do- people never did that. <laughs> it was Heroin's the 90s. more expensive than ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> Why would they do that? <laughs> Just sell it as heroin, you idiots. <laughs> I know that is a thing that some people do, but I don't, th- I, yeah, whatever. It, I, but I love you know what? Like, it still looks great. Where's Craig's? Uh, uh, excellent. Uh, yeah, I love that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like a, a man flies down from space and has <laughs> superhuman powers. That's I can, I can, I can buy that. But someone cutting ecstasy <laughs> with heroin—that would never happen. That would absolutely never happen. Um, Pull the other but one. I love. I do love how disgusting this comic is willing to get. Absolutely, it's gross. It's real gross. So we have vomiting, and then we have people making out after just vomiting, and then we have them all having sex, surrounded by each other, yeah. while high as hell. Um, and I love the nuance that they give even the most despicable characters mm-hmm. in this world. Absolutely. Um, and even, some big yeah. revelations about one of our characters. That's right. Which was interesting. This is a good issue. She's probably the most good interesting issue. character in the whole thing at the moment. Yeah, definitely. I just realized who you're talking about. And I agree. I don't know why I'm speaking in riddles. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, we don't want to spoil it. another, the image books, that you, don't, you don't want to spoil them. Yeah, totally. Some people are like... Read and trade. Like... 
Well, no, some people will be like, what saga made it to 48 issues? Uh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, so I'm still actually on trade all- two. <laughs> I-, I thought all these characters were going to die in trade three. How dare you ruin this story for me? <laughs> Those were the only image books I read this week. Okay. Which is appalling on my behalf. So please, what else have you got? Um, I read Gasolina issue two. See, I saw this again and I was just like, I, I palmed through it and I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I really liked the concept in the first issue. And in this issue, I had no fucking idea what was going on. And I found that right. disappointing. I didn't really understand who any of the characters were and what their relationships to each other were. And everyone seemed to be family, but not family. And then it was all mobsters. And it looks What's the incredible. creative team on this book again? Uh, um, Sean Mankiewicz. Mankiewicz? Yep, who is the uh, editor of a lot of the Skybound books. And Nico Walter on art with car- colours by Matt Lopez. And your right. fave, Russ Wooten, on letters. My boy Woots. Your boy Woots. Woot, woot. <laughs> <laughs> Old Rusty. Um, and yeah, my main thing is this looked incredible. I just had no idea what was going on, unfortunately. Yeah, whatever. Uh, are you going to continue reading it? Should I read this mm, one? I'm probably right. going to drop it. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, Adios. Gasolina. I also read... Um, Adios, Gasolina. <laughs> <laughs> That's way too loud for me to be yelling uh, at, at this time of night while all my children are asleep. Yeah, goodness gracious. Um, I also read Glitter Bomb, The Fame Game by Jim Zub with art by Jibril Morissette Fan and colours by Kenny Michael Russell. Um, Is that issue two? Issue, yes, issue two. And I still, I still like this story. I understand that the themes of like, ah, fame was gonna kill you and stuff That's like that the is worst a little monster bit. <laughs> of all. Happy Halloween! But kids. this is, but this is like, this is probably the spookiest comic I read this week. The monster is genuinely a bit scary. Um, oh, the, the monster design of the other monsters in that were my favorite thing. Yeah, really, really cool. Absolutely, like really creepy, gross. weird spider people almost. Um, and mm-hmm. that continues to be pretty good fun. And I still find the sort of. Famous evil theme, pretty hilarious. So I'm on board. Great. Um, and then I also read The Hard Place, issue three. I've got this in my stack. I should have read this. Yeah, it's still good. It's like heaps Crime, consistent. Heist. Yep. Heist who, stuff. Who, but this is by the same guy that wrote Plastic. Yes. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Very Came out the same tonally Doug- different. Doug Wagner with art oh, by yeah, uh, right. Nick Rummel and Charlie Kirchhoff. Um, yeah, this is this is enjoyable. I sort of I'm struggling to remember what happened. I don't feel like there was that much plot progression in this issue, but um, still enjoyable. Guy gets out of jail and um, immediately gets brought back into the world of of, of bank heists. Yeah, accidentally. He's such a good driver. That's his thing. <laughs> that's 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 why he should never be a good driver. Or just never learn to drive. Like me. You don't know how to drive? No. I need to learn. What Patreon level do we have to get to for you to <laughs> learn how to drive? <laughs> yes, everyone pay me to learn how to drive. Thank you. That's how, that's how it works. <laughs> are those all the image books you read? They are all the image books I read. Let's move over to DC and talk about... Normally we leave the, the Young Animal reviews to the last of our DC reviews, but I want to talk about it now because it was the 12th issue mm-hmm. and a seemingly final issue of Mother Panic, um, which is one, probably our second favourite, mm-hmm. the official second favourite <laughs> Young Animal book of the Serious Issues podcast, um, written by Jody Hauser with art by Sean Crystal and Jean-Francois Bellou. Um, and uh, this was like a kind of set in Gotham featuring a, a, 
a vigilante who um, basically has to, her body is broken and she has to have extensive surgeries on herself just to walk, let alone fight crime. And uh, that brings a very interesting dynamic. And her moral code is significantly different to uh, to Batman's too. Um, and uh, she kind of went to this... She was part of a weird cult in, in, when she was younger. And that plays a big role in, uh, in her life now too. Um, and I guess it kind of, you know... I mean, if this was the final issue, I would be so bummed. Because they've, I feel like they've finally built the world now. They've established this character really well. Now let's go crazy with her and just throw her in all kinds of crazy situations. Yeah, I really enjoyed the um, progression, especially in terms of her mother in this issue. Yes, definitely. That was very cool. Her mom appears to have some kind of latent metahuman abilities, which is um, a, pretty, a pretty fun thing. Yeah? Yeah, I like this. Want, as, a, as a mother, you'd like this? <laughs> as a mother, which is how I start all <laughs> sentences now. Um, I enjoyed this with the concept that a mother could be interesting. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> One day, Javon. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days. Yeah, so all of the um, young animal books are going to tie into something called Milk Wars, which is like going to be some weird crossover with the regular DC universe, which they're not doing until like March next year because they have to wait for um, Doom Patrol to catch up because they're so far behind schedule. Oh. Yeah, it's really weird. And then, and then weird. I think that it's all being written by the same writers but with different art teams. And I've quite loved all of the art teams on these books, yeah. especially Marley Zaccone on Shade. Um, she's not doing a Shade crossover book, which is Devastating. a real fucking bummer. And Sean but, um, Crystal, I think, on this book has really, like, grown on me and developed a really good visual tone for the series. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because this 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 um, book had what three different artists mm-hmm. over the course of its twelve issues, but I never really felt it like it was like it actually. If anything, it got better with the new artists. Yeah. We didn't like those first few issues as anywhere near as much as we've you know come to come to love it. Mm. Um, so yeah, definitely pick up the Mother Panic trade when it gets released um, if you want a kind of weird different take on the uh, vigilante and Gotham tale. Absolutely. And pray that we get way more of her in the future because she's a great character. Yeah, with a great crossed. costume. Yeah. Go Hauser too. Absolutely. I really, really enjoyed Jody Hauser. Uh, so we got the third issue of the miniseries Nightwing, The New Order this week. Um, and uh, the second of two books uh, to portray Kate Kane as somewhat of a bad guy. Mm. We'll get to the other one later. Uh, but this is the uh, kind of Elseworlds tale where Nightwing has done something to take away all of the Earth's superpowers. But then or made superpowers he- illegal. Yeah, that's what right. a and nah. Then he finds out that his own son has been uh, harboring his own super, super, keeping his own superpower secret for a year, and thus has been uh, arrested. And I love, I love how Nightwing is like, this is fine for me to do to everyone, and then it's like, whoa, 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 my son though? No, 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 hang on a second, yeah. unacceptable. Now I'm on I, on the lamb. I liked this ex- exploration of uh, of Batwoman. Um, yes, that you know she actually never really made it work as a vigilante because of her army upbringing and training. Mm-hmm. And so she was always going to be way more aligned with the government. And that's exactly what we see happen here. She loves and systems. she's the one who ends up hiring um, Dick to, to kind of be the role that he is in this world. Um, I love I loved catching up with, with Tim Drake in mm-hmm. this issue as well. Yeah, this is like um, a cute future for Tim. Yeah, he's just like he 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 got what he wanted. He has like a family, and he's boring. It's great. Mm-hmm. 
It's real nice. Um, but yeah, this is written by Kyle Higgins, who is actually like you know like a, one of my like quiet favorites. I, like I, I really mm-hmm. enjoy almost everything. I like he's Kyle done. Higgins as well. Um, and uh, art by Trevor McCarthy, which has really grown on me too. I especially love the way he draws the the older Dick Grayson yeah. with his little white streak in his hair. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I also loved the reveal that um, the Batcave is like a museum that mm-hmm. the public can can take a tour of for $40. Now, I also yeah. loved the, um, the end reveal of this sort of underground resistance, which appears to be led by um, Starfire, who is the mother of Dick Grayson's son and what looks to be... I, I assume Wally. I assume Wally West Flash. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I didn't realize I didn't realize that was uh Starfire. Yeah, well she hasn't got her hair or tits out, so you could have you could have been confused. <laughs> her two traits. <laughs> but I was like, oh, no, orange skin, I reckon it's Starfire. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good eye. <laughs> um, well done. Thank you. Yeah, this is a this is a fun very fun mini series. Yeah, I enjoy it. Silly. Even though it's pretty bleak, but yeah, it's it's fun. Hmm. Um, so uh, we also got a new issue of Detective Comics this week, written by James T. and the Fourth, who actually remind, he's a quite a similar writer to Kyle Higgins. Yeah, the two of them I... have a you know just seem like super fans of uh, of of the of the Bat family and mm-hmm. are able to tell great stories within their world. Mm-hmm. I really am loving Detective Comics at the moment. It's this such is a strong this series, is such a yeah. fun issue. I really yeah. Like, granted, I mean, this is referencing a lot of things from DC history that I personally love. So, like, the sort of Jeff Johns Teen Titans stuff um, and, like, the OMAC project and all that sort yes. of stuff. Mother, uh, fa- what is it? Father Eye or whatever? Brother Eye. Brother Eye. And then, I mean, the whole arc is called A Lonely Place of Living, mm-hmm. which itself is the mirror version of A Lonely Place of Dying, which is the introduction of Tim Drake. And so we have him reintroducing himself to this world after everyone thought he was dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's some emotional reunions, um, but he also reveals that a future version of himself has come back with him and they have to stop him because he's going to kill Batwoman. Because he's an evil one. Also, Flamebird shows up. I love Flamebird. Yeah, Flame Bird. that was fun. Um, and I loved that this was like like almost the entire Bat family mm-hmm. um, from like, you know, the, the core of all, of all the Robins with Alfred and Batman to then all the other team members of Detective. You, you almost got like the full set here. Yep. Real good fun. And, um, and it, you know, it, it, there's no nothing more fun in a Batman team book than everyone revealing, everyone realizing that Batman has been doing horrible things mm. that's going to completely fuck up their world now and it's all it's Batman's so fault. so classic Batman. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. It's, it's just, it, and, we, you know, we're going to talk about action in comics in a second and it's just mm-hmm. like, it just feels... This is such a better written and plotted and balanced book than action. Absolutely. And it's like... Even though it's both tying into the same thing. Yeah, totally. And somehow this has become the book that's more about family than yes, like the totally. Superman books. And and no one has... Or I mean, Batman has a kid, but that's it. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about action comics number um, 990 with wow. another lenticular cover that doesn't really work. <laughs> I can never make lenticular covers work. Is that is that the lenticular covers fault? Yeah, I guess so. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm fucking great at magic eyes, all right? <laughs> How good would it be if Brother Eye was just a guy who loved magic eyes? That would be amazing. Like, 
he just gives everyone magic eye calendars. Like, hey, remember these? <laughs> there should be way more magic eye covers of comic books. Also, Mad Folden like, style covers. Also, Scratch and Sniff covers. Those are my three favorite kinds. Magic eye in particular because it is the most disgusting thing to look at mm. when you're not making it make weird shapes by going cross-eyed. Mm, horrible. Like a bunch of weird blobby shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Action Comics, number 990, uh, The Oz Effect, part four. Uh, I pretty much uh, like just skimmed the text because who gives a fuck about totally. this? Uh, General Zod coming back and trying to make Clark see that General humanity- Zod. Oh, whatever. What's his it's name? His dad. Doc- Jor-El. His dad. So it's supposed to Sorry, have emotional Jor-El. heft. It's Jor-El. It doesn't, though. We said Zod earlier. I've got Zod on the brain. Everyone knows that. <laughs> they listen to the stuff of the episode. I love Zod. In Zod, I trust. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, Jor-El is back, and he's trying to make Clark see that human humanity isn't worth saving. So, therefore, he should allow his father to destroy all humans and they can go live somewhere else. Look, I, for one, agree. Okay. I think. I think Jor-El was right. Um, um, it's written my, It's written by Dan Jurgens with art by Victor Bondonovich. And who's that is the best thing about the, the book. Exactly. Great art. Draws a great square jawed Superman. That's all I ask. Yeah. Yeah, really good one. But yeah, pretty boring. Pretty boring issue. Yeah, super boring story. Um, yeah. Especially like, you know, with the amount of hype surrounding this story. It's just so underwhelming to me. Totally. And yet I continue reading. Anyway. Um, another story that was quite hyped is uh, the reveal of Wonder Woman's brother, which mm-hmm. is the story that we're getting in Wonder Woman issue 33, which is written by James Robinson with um, art by someone with a wonderful last name. And at some point in this review, I'll find his first name. But uh, I do not like this at all. This issue was like, this, did Wonder Woman show up in this issue at all? This was all about Grail. Dark She's on like a TV daughter. screen. Like I feel like if Marvel did this, they would just make us a, a, a um a comic called Darkseid. Yeah, but also don't then, don't tease me with the concept of teen Darkseid and then not have him like having to go to school and stuff exactly. like that. Give me an actual teen Darkseid book. That's what I want. Um, the art by Emanuela <coughs> Lupacino and Ray McCarthy and Romulo Fiato Jr. I really liked. But yep. I, that's a story. Like I, I honestly, I I do think that it should have just been like this you know, this dark side miniseries and like the Wonder Woman element of, of this book is, is just kind of tossed to the, to the wayside for this issue. And we're only, we're, this is the third issue into this arc <clears throat> oh, and into, into his entire run. Mm. Yeah. So really. far, it's a little bit disappointing. I, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to continue. I'm, I'm actually oh quite bored by this. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it another issue or two. Well, let me know if I should continue. With just to see it. if they I'm have just... to like, if dark side has to go through puberty. <laughs> in like three minutes that'd be good dark side gets zits <laughs> he's like there's hair he has to boom shoot his way away his blackheads <laughs> that's how it works everybody that's how it's the only it's the only true remedy the um, um the last dc book i read was the commandy challenge issue number 10 oh man i didn't even pick that up oh damn um this was a really really fun one uh it was written by greg pack Oh, wow. Um, the and, totally uh, awesome Greg Pack. Yeah. And he got to uh, follow on from the story, that really, really bleak Tom King issue mm-hmm. um, in which, uh, like, Commandy is, like, you know, confined to a room for an entire ep- issue. Um, uh, and at the end of that issue, we saw him finally dragged away by robots. And then uh, in the start of this issue, we see him escape the robots as the robots plan to dissect him. Um, and uh, he then 
gets on a jet ski in the middle of the ocean and is attacked by sharks with mohawks, arms, and guns. Oh. With like, no, but it's fucking. I can't believe great. I missed so that. Good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were groaning. You were no, groaning it sounds so it. good. It sounds terrible. Sharks um, with arms. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, the pencils were were by Shane Davis and the inks by Michelle Delecky. Um, and Colors by Hi-Fi. I, this was such a fun issue of Commandy. Um, the Commandy Challenge has been like, you know, very up and down. Mm-hmm. And this is like, from a story point of view, it was quite middling. Oh, no, it was fun. No, it was, it was actually, this is one of the more fun issues. Um, uh, actually, no, I, I really like this. Sorry, to, I'm, I'm not being <laughs> negative towards it at all. Because um, it tied into his, him being reunited with, with his family. Um, oh, cute! And uh, yeah, we we met a whole bunch of other cool characters and learnt more about the world that he's in. Actually, this this ticked all the boxes. This is a great issue. Well done, oh, Greg yeah. Pack. One of the better, one, probably my third favorite issue of this. I, I'm going to rank Commandy Challenge at the end of the year. Hectic. Every issue. That'll be fun. That'll be fun for everyone. Especially you, who have only read <laughs> half of it. <laughs> um, I also read. I read Batgirl issue 16. Mm-hmm. Um, written by Hope Larson with pencils by Chris Wildgoose and inks oh, by a whole bunch of people. Jose Marzen Jr. Oh, and Andy Owens. Only two people. Colors by Matt Lopez. Um, I really like, I still really like this. This is telling like a, a story in two times of the first time that Batgirl and Robin teamed up. And it also has like a cute first kiss for them. And then also the story has ramifications in the present day when they are no longer dating guys. Um, it's pretty good. I enjoy this. It's got stuff about addiction in it. Like it's still a little bit like Degrassi style issue of the week, but, um, I think Hope Larson has got a good grasp on Babs these days. Cool. I, I, I just found the art like pretty middling. It's very like, there's something about it we that just, appeals to me in like a teen. Tumblery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. There's something very teen girl about it that I find appealing, but I could understand not being to everyone's <laughs> tastes. Sure thing. Are they all the DC books you read this week? Yep, that's it. So we've we've, we've officially dropped <coughs> Hal Jordan and the Grand Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, I dropped that a minute ago. And the Flash too, and I've, I, this is mm-hmm. the first week that I didn't read Suicide Squad. Ah, oh, congratulations! So I'm, I finally ridded myself of that comic. <laughs> Which I, which I didn't like from the start, but I continued reading 30-ish issues of, and at one point quite loved it, but mm. uh, finally was able to drop it. It's for Very the best. Good. Well done, me. So um, now's the part where everyone who's listened this far in, you have every right to be mad at me for playing video games instead of reading comics, because we are going to review all the other publishers' comics that we read this week, and I only read two. Holy moly. And there's moly. a big stack of comics that I, like, I love that I just have not read in time for the show. Because I prioritize video games and then I prioritize reading all the Marvel books. <laughs> you fool. Absolute fool. So, uh, Siobhan, run through a few that I missed that you loved. Um, okay. Did you read Bloodshot Salvation, issue two? No. Okay, Let's written do, by... Do, do the Valiant books first. So, written by Jeff Lemire with art by Luis LaRosa and Miko Suarian and colors by Diego Rodriguez and Brian Reber. This is the um, Bloodshot Baby story as I am thinking of it, where the main bloodshot left his wife and newborn child to go and deal with something from his wife, Magic's past, which is like her father, whose name is Daddy, and runs some creepy religious cult where he did terrible things to her as a child. So he's gone to, like, fuck that guy up. And then 
turns out his daughter's a bloodshot also, which they were not prepared for. And now they are dealing with the ramifications of having a bloodshot baby. I like this a lot. Bloodshot baby. Is that, a, <laughs> is that the character's name? <laughs> baby but Lil blood, Bloodshot. Actually, no, I think I, I did read the first few pages. I think someone refers to her as Baby Bloodshot. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I love this. It's so silly. There's so many bloodshots. All of the, like, the other bloodshots also show up. The, like, they're all, like, from Nam different times. One, yeah. And the Russian one and the army one. Um, and it's great. Everything about this is great. Art's incredible. It's so silly, but such good fun. And they deal with big concepts really well. And I love Jeff Lemire. End of story. Great. Did you also, did you read Turok? I'm guessing. No, no I didn't read Turok. Turok issue three by Chuck Wendig and Alvaro Saraceca. I think I pronounced that correctly. This was cool because we got way more, like, A, it was heaps crazy. A giant shark eats a submarine. That was really cool. And you sort of understand where... A good week for giant sharks. Yeah, absolutely. Where Turok has come from and what his mission is and how he's... Because he is from our Earth as we know it and he has landed on this sort of bizarre planet that has dinosaurs and crazy monsters and you sort of see how they've all ended up there and we also got another installment of the dr specter miniseries part nine which continues to be totally excellent and i really hope is collected and then turns into an ongoing good That's lord so wild. The, the big conclusion so there's one more one more of those, those backups left yeah um so good all of the sovereigns awesome. books are so good i love it good job dynamite Speaking of uh, finales, did you read the, the sixth issue and of Victor Laval's mm-hmm. Destroyer? I sure did. Um, Out Through Boom, written by Victor Laval, with art by D- Dietrich Smith and Johanna Lafuente. Um, <coughs> this is a, a retelling of the Frankenstein mm-hmm. uh, story um, in which uh, we meet someone who uh, has lost her, her son and uh, re- basically reanimates her son, but it ties into like this crazy government organization that she works with and her, the son's father is like bonded to this enormous mech mm-hmm. and the original Frankenstein's monster has returned to our, our world too and is essentially just destroying everything that he comes in touch with. Um, and this was like a really crazy, somewhat spooky story about um, life and death, but also mm-hmm. about like, um, uh, like the difficulties of that, that you know, like of that, you like basically, like you know, like like racial tension, mm-hmm. and even even like the differences between like the way different genders work, mm-hmm. and um, what's expected of us as you know, depending on the color of our skin or or, or what sex we are. Absolutely, um, like this woman is not did... supposed to like seek revenge for her child's death, and if she was a man, yeah, she would be like praised for that. Yeah, I thought that, that that speech in particular was, mm. was was my favorite part of this this issue. Mm-hmm. I think it, it was able to devil, deal with these very heavy themes in a not ham-fisted way at all. Absolutely, and I would read an ongoing series about this little Frankenstein dude. Yeah, totally. He's a really, really, really cool character. I loved this. Um, I think this was a really solid miniseries. Yeah, really totally enjoyable. And excellent art by Dietrich Smith. Agreed. Um, yeah, cool. I definitely pick pick it up. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys know when. Uh, when the trade is collected. Yeah, absolutely. All right, go through a few more that you read that I didn't. Um, Big Trouble in Little China, Old Man Jack. Nope, I'm guessing Still not. fun? Yeah, still fun. Is Written it... by John Carpenter 
with art by uh, Jorge Corona, also co-written by Anthony Birch. Um, still fun, silly. This issue was sillier and maybe <laughs> not as much fun as the last one. I'm just going back through it, but um, I'm still, I still like it. I really like the cartooning in this. I think it's really strong. Um, and I think that the Jack Burton character is good fun. And now it's sort of turned into this like David Lopan and old man Jack going on a sort of road trip into the fires of hell. Great. Incredible. Good fun. Um, did you read uh, the second issue of The Beautiful Death by Matthew Boblet? I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. I Great. I fucking loved this so much. Out through Titan Comics, this is a translation of a, of a French book um, about the three last survivors on Earth after um, a plague of, like, bugs and monsters have killed mm-hmm. everybody. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, this was... Uh, this this took a very violent... Grim and, end. Uh, grim turn that I, that I hope they don't follow through with. Yeah, same. But you never know with Eurocomics. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, some, like, these characters who, in the last issue, seemed almost quite sort of childish... Now yeah. take this very like like they're young men <laughs> and takes like this very sort of violent sexual turn, um, which is pretty stressful. It was a pretty stressful end, but like still a great issue. Still dealing with like what it would be like to be the last three dudes on the planet and feeling the pressure of that and kind of all these like ideas about masculinity. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I thought like yeah, I, I think it dealt with like it, like you weren't told that any of these characters were good people. Totally. Um, and in fact, they don't even know if each other are good people. Um, and so that when 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 what happens happens, it didn't feel like this like gross like it was an awful thing to see happening. Mm. But I think it was dealt with in a in a pretty like well put together way. Yeah. No, agreed. Yeah. You got but any more books to talk enjoyable. about? Yep, I have. I have three more books, and two out of three were written by Colin Bunn. Oh my god! I know. No wonder I didn't read any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I read issue two of Dark Ark, written by Colin Bunn, with art by Wando. This is the like. Say it like a dog. Oh, both of the, both Wando, <laughs> even Colin Bunn. All of those sound like a potential dog box. Yeah, they're all good. Dark Ark. That's good. Um, Wando. No, they don't. Just Dark Ark. <laughs> Um, definitely Wando's art is my favorite thing about this and especially the colors. It looks really like illuminated. Um, and I think that Wando did the colors as well. So yeah, good job there. Got, that, that's his like kind of call, calling card. Mm, really Those beautiful. Neons. Um, and this is the concept that like, this is the idea of like, what if all of the kind of mythical beasts ended up on one arc? kind of like an evil arc and this is all to do with like now all the monsters are like mutinying and is that a word yes um mutineering maybe that sounds more (laughs) like a word i think that this is like a classic cullen bun because the concept is super strong but it's going in like a way duller direction than i would have liked like i don't need the monsters dealing with like politics almost um, but it's still it's still a pretty fun idea. I'll probably keep reading, to be honest. Um, I then also read The Unsound, issue five, which is actually very spooky. This is a spooky book. It's a spooky mental asylum book, right? Yep. So this is written by Colin Bunn with art uh, by Jack T. Cole. And it looks like it could even be spinning into something else because they've introduced all of these other characters or might be going longer than I originally 
assumed it would. I assumed this was a miniseries. Um, but now there's all of these other characters who are, like, make up the unsound. Like, our lead character now turns out to be this sort of eternal figure called the Mother of Blades. And all the time people Sick. start... Yeah, like, all these blades start raining from the sky around her and people start cutting themselves every time she walks in the room. It's really hectic. Um, but, like, incredible heart. Really unsettling stuff. And I think... Um, yeah, it's going in an interesting direction. Weird awesome. ending. I like it a lot. Um, Amazing. And then the last book I read was Hi-Fi Fight Club. Oh, yeah. Fuck. By Carly Uzdin and pencils by Nina Vacueva and inks by Irene Flores. Um, this is the book. It kind of reminds me in theme of Josie and the Pussycats, um, the movie. Which is oh yeah, I definitely got those vibes. Definitely. The best comic book your, movie, your favorite comic book movie, isn't it? Yeah. It's the best one. Um, oh, right. Sorry, the best. So this, of course. <laughs> and so this is the story about teen girls who work in a record store who also have an underground fight club, and now all of these, like one of their um, favorite bands that ha- was supposed to be coming and doing a show there, the lead singer has disappeared, and then it looks like it's all to do with there might be some producer who's brainwashing pop stars or something like that, which is pretty fun. And it has loads of like cute queer moments where like the character that we're following sort of protagonist of the series has a huge crush on one of the other girls. And it's kind of all awkward, cute teen stuff. I like it a lot. The cartooning is really solid. Yeah. Awesome. That's great. That's out through boom. Um, And all these books. I mean, what else? I I, I didn't get around to reading Exo Manowar, Kaiju Max, Rebels, unfortunately a whole bunch of comics that I I really love but I was kind of like I feel like I have a stronger opinion on like superhero books sometimes whereas like you know random issues of the creator owned stuff I'm mostly like yeah this is good I can't really tell you what's happening because I don't want to ruin it but I like it so I was like you know I'll I'll read the things that I can talk about and then I'll go back to rescuing Princess Peach (laughs) it's like I already rescued her how cool is this she's on a oh actually no I don't want to spoil Mario Odyssey (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you off mic. <laughs> Great. Excellent. I'd be so mad if I was listening to a comic book podcast and then someone spoiled a fucking video game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you spoil video games? I guess. Hell yeah. They have can. endings. Definitely. Um, Siobhan, all that's left for us to do is to let you know of the uh, comic books coming out next week. I'm just scrolling through the uh, list over at kingscomics.com right now and I can let you know that uh, there is a new uh, mini-series uh, featuring Black Lightning coming out through DC Comics next week. Hell yeah. I love Black you Lightning. Like character? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the trade paperback of a really cool book that came out through Black Mask last uh, this year called Black is finally being collected. Did you ever finish that, that story? No. Black? Uh, it was basically about like what if the only people who got superpowers were, were, were people of color. Yeah, I really um, enjoyed it. I feel like I read every issue, but then I've clearly it, missed some. Because it, I didn't end, realize the it ending end. was really, really strong. I know it didn't start when it started. I thought it was like, like kind of like oh, it wasn't the direction that I was expecting, and, and I thought it was a little bit dull with the, from such a great concept. But it ended up be, having a really, really strong ending. Um, and uh, I would like to see the creators go on to do lots of good things. So please uh, give this one a shot if you see it at your, at your comic book store. Agreed. Black, trade paperback. Um, we get Mark Wade and Chris Samney's first issue of Captain America. Yes. Next week. You excited for that one? I am. I love Chris Um Yeah, me too. I'm very excited to see his uh, what his what, what his take on Cap's going to be. Mm. Um, we get a I think it might be the final issue of Jazz Maynard. Great, um, God, I love that we book. Get, weirdly, um, we get the uh, the first issue of the Jetsons comic, 
Um, See, I have an issue with this because this ad has been in every single DC book. And don't give me an Amanda Connor cover and then give me no indication of what the interiors are going to be like. It's by someone called Br- someone's last name Brito. It's not Amanda Connor at all. But we saw we saw her take on them in that weird. Uh, they did like a weird anthology. Mm. Oh, no, it was like a backup comic earlier. It was no good. I don't, mm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this is going to be very good at all. I actually just gave my dad for his birthday over the weekend. Happy birthday, Chris Levins. You're the best. <laughs> um, I gave him um, uh, both both uh, trades of um, of the Flintstones. Oh, cool. So I, think he would, he, I think all dads would love that. Yeah. Right? I would love to give it to my dad, but my dad, the only comic he likes is Pogo, which is like right. weird anthropomorphized <laughs> politics nonsense <laughs> in a way the, the flintstones is kind of like yeah that yeah <laughs> i don't know i'll give it a go um and then there's a whole bunch of regular issues of uh, other comics that we love talking about every single week yay um and you can hear us talking about it in our next episode uh thank you so much for listening if you want to find us online you can find us at facebook.com slash series use podcast or join our group talk about comics all the time with uh many other great people at facebook.com slash group slash series use podcast uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Sirius underscore underscore issues or individually at Siobhan CBG and at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email to Sirius Issues at kingscomics.com. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to support the show, you can find us online, patreon.com slash Sirius Issues podcast. Thank you so much to our many wonderful patrons that uh, allow us to continue doing this in spite of everything else in our life telling us telling us telling us that hey maybe reading this many comics is not a good thing to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah thanks for enabling (laughs) um so uh until next week have a good one and then continue to have a good one (laughs) stay serious Hey, this is Levins. Thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues. If you're not completely sick of my voice by now, why don't you check out one of my other podcasts? One is called Hey Fam, and it's about comedy and pop culture, so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows, all that kind of thing. The other one is called The Mitchin, and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney. You can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.